0: Welcome to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast with your host, Audrey McLaughlin. Hey friends, today we're talking about general nutrition for your horses. We are talking about feeding a horse how it's evolutionarily meant to eat so that you don't have the typical quote unquote horse problems. Welcome, if this is your first time listening, I'm your host, Audrey, equine naturopath, equine energy medicine practitioner, and I help your horses stay sound, healthy, rideable. Well into their thirties through functional and integrative therapies and techniques. So today we're talking about general horse nutrition. Uh, if you hang out with me on TikTok, then that's the primary thing that I'm asked about. We don't talk a ton about energetic therapies or functional and integrative therapies. We do a little bit, but primarily <laughs> we're talking about nutrition, and with good reason. Nutrition is the foundation. It is everything in which your horse's longevity, performance, endurance, soundness, saneness, it all sits on the foundation of nutrition. Let's think about that quote I said just at the top of the episode roughly one minute ago. I said, if you feed a horse like a horse is meant to eat, if, like a horse is evolutionarily meant to eat, then you won't have those typical horse problems. Now, what kind of horse problems am I talking about? I'm talking about thin soles. I'm talking about uh, ulcers. I'm talking about metabolic resistance. I'm talking about insulin resistance. I'm talking about cushionoid horses. I'm talking about uh, horses with osteoarthritis way before way before osteoarthritis should ever even be, you know, in the picture. I'm talking about horses that have growth issues and difficulty maintaining weight and all of the things that horses have that are a product of modern horsekeeping. And the primary part of modern horse keeping that these are directly caused by is Nutrition. Nutrition is at least one root cause for every physical and mental expression of health, of disease. Uh, Now, it's not the only one, right? If you've heard me talk before, then you know that I talk about uh, there being multiple root causes to everything that you see kind of above board, right? If you think of a tree, everything that you see above the ground has multiple roots below the ground that contribute to either you seeing a diseased, ugly tree, or a tree growing funnel, you know, in a weird way, or, you know, poor health or good health of the tree. Same thing for horses. So nutrition is one root, one really big root, but one root for the outward expression of every physical and mental function of your horse. So the big question there is what goes wrong with nutrition? Well, if you haven't got the, the, the gist of it yet, what goes wrong with nutrition is us humans, right? We overfeed, we underfeed, we feed in balance, we fatten horses up with rancid oils, we spray their feed with pesticides and herbicides, we over medicate, we use chemical dewormers way too frequently, we over vaccinate, we use anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, steroids, not to mention that we feed nutritionally uh, potent grasses and mixes that were not designed for horses that are not evolutionarily appropriate for horses. They're actually designed to increase the production of milk and beef in cattle. And they tend to be difficult for horses to digest. Now, Despite all of that, I will say I have the privilege of talking to hundreds of different horse owners one on one each and every month. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that horse owners want to do what's best for their horses by and large, right? I'd say 99% of horse owners want to do what's best for their horses. And, you know, our horses, in spite of our mistakes, can do a pretty good job of adapting to these insanely unnatural nutrition uh, programs that we put them on. But now, what happens though, over time, we develop problems, because we're feeding a horse, not like a horse, right? And I I kind of took that quote and uh, mixed it up from a quote that you may have heard before, where if you feed a donkey or a mule like a horse, then you'll have horse problems. Well, the funny thing is the same thing is true for our horses, the exact same thing. Some of our most common horse issues, ulcers, gastritis, indigestion, uh, Protein absorption issues, poor immunity, GI infections, parasitic infections that are increased, uh, toxicities of various kinds tend to come from a couple of different places. Overfeeding concentrated processed grains, (laughs) overfeeding or feeding a high starch diet, overfeeding sugars, overfeeding protein, right? overfeeding cereal grains, which lead to minerals being unable to be uh, absorbed. And that's just scratching the surface. I'll ask you, if you were to go out to eat and eat fast food every single day, you probably wouldn't feel very well, right? I hope you're not doing that. But you as a human, if you're eating fast food every day or multiple times a day, you're not feeling your best. And yet we ask our horses to perform as athletes while we're feeding them McDonald's twice a day in their feed buckets, morning and night, every single day. If we look specifically at some of these foregut issues like ulcers, gastritis, indigestion, those are a direct cause and effect of what we feed and the frequency in which we feed it. Primarily, it comes from high starch diets, too much sugar, overfeeding, and then medicating with antacids, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, plus stress on our horses, and then you factor in infrequent feedings. With that, you have a recipe for um, digestive system disaster. As I said at the you know earlier in the episode, it doesn't just come from concentrated feed products, it can happen from, you know, like high starch and high sugar can happen from grasses as well. Um, horses can digest a small amount of these things. And again, I'm going to use the human analogy. Whereas, you know, a little bit of fast food every once in a while, perfectly digestible, probably not going to mess with you too much. But if you want to compare that to how we're feeding our horses, anytime you open up a bag, or if you look at an ingredients label and it says cane molasses, rice bran, soybean oil, uh, corn oil, canola oil, vegetable oil, any of those things, sugars and oats and wheat and all of that stuff. It is almost impossible for a horse to digest it. It's overfed. And we get end up with masses of trapped starches and sugars inside the stomach and it doesn't allow for proper digestion not in the not in the foregut or the hindgut and our modern horse keeping uh, habits the overfeeding the excess feeding of starches sugars proteins and rancid fats are frankly the base of most equine feed programs almost all of them almost any feed that you walk into a feed store and buy is an excess of sugar, starch, protein, and rancid fat. And then we pile on top of that medications and supplements. And it's easy to do, right? So, you know, first of all, we'll touch on medications. Medications have adverse reactions. And, you know, medications are well known to me in my 14 years of treating, hum- 15 years now of treating humans and over six seven years, six, seven years of treating horses. There's one thing I would love to change uh, in people's vernacular. And that is medication. Just So, you know, doesn't have side effects. It has consequences. And so when you give a medication, you have to recover from the thing that the medication is for and recover from the medication. Okay. So there's two recoveries that have to happen for horses when you're giving Medication, particularly on a daily basis. Now, this is not to say that medication is not needed in some cases. There are cases where medication is needed. Where medication fails us is when we try to continue to give the same inflammatory concentrated diet and we try to mask the symptoms that diet is causing with medication. Okay, so that is uh, a big, big problem. But it's just good to know, it's good to have awareness that, okay, If I have to give my horse antibiotics, what do I have to do? Now that the antibiotics have healed the infection, what do I have to do to heal my horse from the antibiotics? Because there are more steps there that have to be taken. It's marketed to us that medications have side effects. And, you know, that horse medication may have side effects. But the reality of it is that the drug was created. They picked out which one it would be marketed for. And then the other things are things that the drug causes – but are it's just not marketed for. It's not that that's not an effect of the drug. All of the the things. the positive, what we consider positive effects and negative effects are all just effects. okay? So a problem that is you might find one drug that is branded for X,Y,Z pr- problem, but the exact same drug is also branded for ABC problem, right? But the long-term use of medications, again, kind of shifting back to the chronic use of medications, is a direct conflict with healthy digestion. Healthy digestion is the building block of a horse's soundness, performance, saneness, all of those things. Now, if we're thinking of, okay, we horse had an infection or an injury that required antibiotics. Cool. Antibiotics done. Horses healed. Now we have to heal the horse from the antibiotic, right? So if we think of that along the same lines of a medication that is kind of given forever, right? What do you think happens when we have continual use of non anti-inflammatory medications, things like Equiox, prevocox, or Bute? Where's the recovery from that medication? It's not. What we do is we just hide the inflammation with a pill. And then that inflammation continues to fester. Sometimes the body finds another outlet for that inflammation. Um, and so it, compounds the problem long-term. Now, when we're just looking at the nutritional status of the horse and how these medications, particularly NSAIDs like equiox and Prevacox and even Butte, uh, disrupt the digestive process, it really is very similar in or the effect, the, the result, I guess, is really similar to feeding too many starches, sugars, proteins, and rancid fats. It's a different biomechanical function. It's different pathophysiology. But the end result is the same inability to properly digest and move through food through the digestive tract, right? And part of that is inability to pull vitamins and minerals and proteins and carbohydrates and fats needed from the food that is being digested, whether you're feeding an overabundance of those kind of macro and micro minerals, or macronutrients, micro minerals, or the right amount. Insides in particular directly disrupt the gastric secretions and break down the protective lining of the foregut, okay? Supplements really kind of fall under the same category. You don't necessarily have to heal from a supplement, but a supplement has active and inactive ingredients typically. We want to find supplements that don't have inactive ingredients. Those are just Fillers. You're really not paying for anything there. You want to stick to supplements that are active ingredients that don't have any extras in them that could contribute to inflammation or negative function uh, for the horse or the horse needing to um, re like heal from the antibiotic or the uh, supplement itself. Now, I, I could do a whole class on supplements and you know how easy it is to stack them on top of each other and how we end up over supplementing and still not getting the horse what they need. Um, and I get it, you know. I I've, I've been guilty of the same thing where, you know, you're you're at a Play day or a barrel race or a rodeo, and you're like, man, you've really improved. Your horse is looking great. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm on X, Y, and Z supplement. And you're like, yes. And you go home, you put it in the computer, and you get them there, and Amazon brings them in two days, or you go to Tractor Supply, or whatever the case may be, and you get those supplements and you put your horse on them, right? Well, then three, four, five, six months pass by. Maybe you've got them on auto shipment from Smart Pack. Who knows? And then you see somebody else and you're like, man, your gelding's really looking good. What are you doing? What's, what, how are you getting that coat so shiny? Oh, well, I'm feeding X, Y, and Z supplements. Okay, cool. So you go back, you get in uh, Valley Vet or Smart Pack or whatever you're doing and you order those and now they're there. And now you're on six different supplements, right? But you don't know what's working. You might be way overdoing something like iron or way underdoing something like zinc and causing all kinds of under the surface inflammatory problems right? So this is just more of if you feed a horse, like we tend to feed horses, right? If we get our humanness involved in it, then you make horse problems. Whereas if you feed a horse, what's evolutionarily appropriate, then you don't have horse problems, right? So that begs the question, what is evolutionarily appropriate? And my course equine nutrition for horse owners, I teach horse owners how to feed their horse and how to duplicate a feed program or make a feed program for multiple horses, right? So for a lot of people, it's not budget friendly if they have like my herd, eight horses, to have an appointment for each one of those eight horses or do a couple multi-horse appointments to figure out what their horse needs. So I developed a course so that people, big barn owners, people that have big herds, uh, rescues, all of those places could be able to develop their own feed programs um, and learn how to feed their own horse or horses. So in that, we talk about evolutionarily, like how wild horses ate and how wild horses eat now and then how we can mimic that in our um, day-to-day feeding of our own horses to maximize their health. Uh, and that course, by the way, it's if you're listening to this um, on the day it was published, that course is currently registering now, June 24th through July... 8th. And then our first day of class is July 10th. It's our third round. Um, we've added all kinds of fun stuff. I will link it in the show notes on whatever podcast player you're listening to. But we go through and we talk about kind of the, the journey of where horses, what horses ate, how we got to where we are now, and then how to make it simple and easy and doable for you and maximize the benefit for your horse. And there's a couple different uh, pillars to that. The first pillar is forage, right? And what is forage? hay is the primary forage for most equine diets, but often it's not as simple as just going and buying hay. There's all kinds of variables that impact the nutrient content of hay Wow why? I'll get it out in a minute. Widely, not wildly. I guess it could be wildly as well. Um, one of the most impactful things is the maturity at, wh- at which the hay is cut, um, but particularly with sh- sugar content. But We want to make sure we're finding good hay. And when I say hay, that's kind of a a loose term to mean forage. Um, So hay could be Timothy hay, orchard grass, brome, Bermuda, um, you know, and or even pelleted hay or hay cubes. Um, You can also use alfalfa as a forage. Not generally, you don't want to go all alfalfa diet, but it can be part of a healthy forage diet um, or even beets. The second pillar is fats, right? Fat is important, but it's really important to give fat and fiber in combination. Horses are super vegans, and they thrive on fiber. They're not meant to eat high protein or high fat or high sugar. And it's particularly hard for them to digest liquid liquid fat. Um, So pouring liquid fat on top of their diet in the form of like camelina oil or uh, any of these liquid omegas, or God forbid, don't do canola oil, but that... Um, Any of those things are not as readily available for the horse to digest as a fat that is balanced with fiber. Um, The third pillar is vitamins and minerals. Do we need them? Usually, but not always. Um, vitamins act as a cofactor for a bunch of different body functions. They support growth and energy and development of all the body systems and organs. Um, and sometimes we need them. And sometimes we need minerals as part of a balanced forage diet. But sometimes we have really good forage and we don't need that much, right? So there's a couple different ways that we can find out how many how much how much mineral we need. Um generally I recommend testing the horse doing an uh, equine uh, minerals and metals main test that helps to test for toxicities and helps to test for nutrient uh, metals and minerals as well. Um and then supplementing to meet the needs that are being Missed. Now, if you do the Nutrition for Horse Owners class, you can do the starter class, which does not include a test, or you can do the premier version, which gives you a $65 discount on the test. And that comes with a Minerals and Metals main test and a one on one appointment with me to make your plan. But if you're going to supplement minerals or things with minerals in it, it's really important to understand what minerals the horse needs, what minerals they're deficient in, and what minerals are most bioavailable to them, right? So that's part of the uh, pillar of vitamins and minerals. And it's really difficult, right? So so the pillars are forage fat and minerals, right? Um, it's if you have all of those balanced, you can think of it like a three-legged stool. It's really difficult to push over or have an imbalanced three-legged stool. It might lean left or right, but it's really difficult to have a, a wobbly three-legged stool. Um, and so those are the three pillars that we focus on and get, we get rid of all the other inflammatory stuff, all the things that negatively impact minerals, like cereal grains, all the, th- and sugar, molasses. We get rid of all the things that aren't as close to evolutionarily accurate as we can. So is it realistic for us to just be able to turn a horse out on 20 miles, 20 square miles of uh, range and pasture of diverse conditions? No. So we have to recreate that as best we can in our own environment. And when you do, when you do, you will see peak athletic performance, you will see longevity, you will see soundness, you will see saneness in your horses that is unmatched and uncomparable to any feed program that you can possibly do. So a few points to wrap this up. The last thing I want to do is tell you if you're wondering where to start, Audrey, I know I want to make a change in my horse's feed program, I need to know where to start. The first place to start is to assess where you are get all your minerals, look at the all your uh, supplements, excuse me, look at the labels, get your feedback. Don't look at the guaranteed analysis. And I'm going to do a whole episode on guaranteed analysis and why they don't mean crap. <laughs> they're not worth the paper they're printed on. But throw away the guaranteed analysis, look at the ingredients of the feed, what is in the feed, okay? And then that's the first place you start, right? And then we need to look at how we can balance that with forage, how we can start to wean off of that feed and onto forage. And the biggest mistake most people make is they assume if I'm on three pounds of whatever concentrated senior feed a day, then all I need are three pounds of alfalfa and Timothy pellets and we'll be good to go. No, that is not correct. Um, there is a higher cal- caloric density and a higher inflammation density in the concentrated feed product than there is in the forage especially at first, you're going to have to give more of that forage than you were the concentrated feed product. But the first thing I want you to do is figure out where you're at. Um, If you want to make the transition based on what you've heard in this episode, totally fine. If you want to reach out and have a one-on-one and we can just create a quick nutrition plan, that is also fine, very affordable. And then lastly, if you want to join us for equine nutrition for horse owners and dive deep into six separate modules of exactly what your horse needs, how to make a forage diet, how to transition to a forage diet, and how to recreate it for others, plus all the fun benefits. We have all of my top protocols for chronic issues that we see over and over and over again in the horse industry, these human-created issues. Uh, We talk about the supplement trap, so how to make sure you're not wasting money on a bunch of supplements that aren't doing you or your horse any favors. And then this time, if you're an early bird registrant, so if you register before the 4th of July, then you'll also get access to my upcoming EPM class, which will cover EPM nutrition protocols and rehab. And we are doing a DIY fecal tests as a bonus for this um, group as well. So hopefully this episode has given you some insight into what horses eat general nutrition for your horses. And if you're interested, I hope you join me for Equine Nutrition for Horse Owners. As always, if you have any questions, I'd love for you to go to equineenergymed.com, click the little contact button, send me a question, come hang out with me on TikTok. I'm trying to do better about being on Instagram. Um, and then stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to talk about tying up. And then episode after that, we'll talk about those darn guaranteed analysis tags that are the bane of my existence. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. We'll catch you in the next episode.